Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN. ESPN.com Giants reporter. And if you notice a little, ex- little extra energy there, it's because this is the game time episode. That's right. Put all the preseason aside. We know that sucks. The preseason is boring. Most of the guys that you're going to see in the regular season aren't even playing. Right, Saquon Barkley? Zero snaps in the preseason. Daniel Jones and the rest of the offense? One drive. But now, Sunday night, Dallas Cowboys, week one, MetLife Stadium. We get to see for real what this team is going to be. No more, well, if this, if this guy stays healthy, well, if this happens, no, no. Now we're going to see for real what this team can do. And I will say this. So, and I've talked about it already on this podcast before. Brian Dable runs a training camp by old school NFL standards would be laughed and scoffed at. You know, vet day is left and right. You know, day off here, day off there. Every practice is scheduled for two hours. They don't go two hours long. But it's sports science, you know, heavy. That's that's what this is all about. There's a lot of research behind it of keeping guys healthy. And I'm actually a proponent of it personally because the most important thing to me is getting through preseason with guys healthy. I think you could be ready for the season. And really, every team, no matter how hard you work, it takes some time to get ready in the you know, actually play real games, full games. So it takes two or three weeks till team any even teams that are working hard in training camp, you know, and that's relative to everybody else. But the Giants, look at them right now. Name me a major player, a real significant player, a starter on this team who's been out an extended period of time or is out for the season. No major injuries for the Giants. Literally none heading into the season. Now, who knows what happens when the season starts. Maybe this approach, later on, you'll see down the line, it didn't work because when they started playing real games, the injuries started to pile up. But for now, entering week one, entering the game against a huge game, and I'll explain why this is, I I know it's week one, but I'll explain why this is a massive game. Massive game against the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe their most important of the season. I'll explain that in a few minutes. I'll also go over. We'll play a little numbers game. Go do the over-unders for some of the Giants players, the team in general. Uh, why is the Vegas, why is Vegas, and why is also really the general public so down on the Giants? You'll, you'll, you'll get to see that in a few minutes. But first, hear me out. Their Giants are extremely healthy coming into week one. Extremely healthy. Everybody practice this week. Everybody, nobody's even in real doubt of significant nature, at least. None of the significant players, none of the big-time Giants players are in doubt. So, good shape heading into week one. Now, hear me out on why this is such an important game. It's at home against the rival Dallas Cowboys, who are one of the two teams the Giants are trying to get over the hump against, right? It's the Cowboys and the Eagles. Those are considered the class of the NFC East. The Giants 
even with a great the with, for them was a great season last year. One what five and one against the division, including that playoff loss to the Eagles. They got swept in three games by the Eagles. They lost both games to the Cowboys. They're playing this at home, which is an advantage. Vegas usually gives you three points just for playing at home. At home, primetime game. Another advantage. Usually get a point or two for playing at home in a primetime game, right? So at home in a primetime game against a team they have not been able to beat. They have not shown they're capable of beating the Dallas Cowboys very often lately. Got swept last year. Have lost 11 of 12. And by the way, one of those games last year was with Cooper Rush at start, at, starting at quarterback for the Cowboys and not even Dak Prescott. So in order for the Giants to prove that they can get over that hump and at least compete with the Eagles and Cowboys, this would be the spot to do it. Right? At home. Prime time. The whole nation. Your home opener. Everybody watching. All eyes on you. This would be their opportunity. And if they can't do it here, what makes you think they're going to do it later in the season against the Cowboys in Dallas? I wouldn't think so. And then I honestly, if they can't be, win this game at home in primetime in your home opener against the Cowboys, it wouldn't give me a lot of hope that they're going to beat e- win the, either of those two Eagle games. So now you're sitting there and you're potentially looking at four losses if they lose this opener, right? Because they're probably not winning in Dallas. They're probably not good enough to beat the Eagles either of those two times. Then you have road games in San Francisco and in Buffalo in prime time, right? How many teams are going to go into those spots and win? Shows are likely, now you're sitting there likely with six losses to start. Think about how little room for error the Giants have if they lose this home opener and they're not at that level and capable of jumping or beating even once the Cowboys or Eagles. If they're not at that level, playing at home in their home opener, this team is going to have trouble making the playoffs this season. Because how many teams, let's be realistic, how many teams are going into San Francisco or going into Buffalo, and I really even have a chance to win in primetime games in those spots. Very few. Very few. So if the Giants are unable to win at home in a primetime game, it's hard for me to believe that they're going to win either of those two games. You can just chalk those up as L's if they can't beat the Cowboys. In the so to me, this is their opportunity. The Giants' opportunity to show that they have made that leap and can at least compete with the top teams in the conference. Because the top teams in the conference really... Yes, the 49ers are included there, but you have to start with the, in the Giants' case at least because it's their division, the Cowboys and the Eagles. And their rosters are really good. Both teams are really good. Now, the one area of concern, I, I, there's more than one, but the biggest, I should say, the biggest area of concern, the matchup that I'm going to be watching very closely is Evan Neal against Micah Parsons or Demarcus Lawrence, whoever they put over there. If I'm the Cowboys, and I know last time they didn't do this, Demarcus Lawrence was on Evan Neal most of the time, and he feasted, right? Two or three sacks, whatever it was. Cowboys had eight sacks in the two meetings. Giants has zero. But if I'm the Cowboys, I want I want Evan Neal, who struggled last year. We're going to find out if the improvements he made, if the change in his stance to help him get out quicker, if it really is going to make a difference. But if I'm the Cowboys, I am literally want to put Michael Parsons over him every single snap. The Giants, I'm sure, are going to help. Double team, move their quarterback a lot. This is what they did last year. But, if they're not able to hold up on that side of the line or the, def- the or their interior, their offensive line in general, right? Because that's a big question mark coming into this season. Likely going to look fairly similar at guard. John Michael Schmidt, second round rookie at center. Ben Bredesen, left guard. Uh, Mark Lewinsky, right guard. That's kind of what I'm expecting. But if they can't hold up there, that's the one thing that can derail the Giants team. Otherwise, the weapons 
are greatly improved. You'll see it. I mean, who are we comparing Darren Waller to from last year? Daniel Bellinger? Nice player. You could scheme up some passes for him. You can't just throw him the ball. Say, hey, go go get it. Paris Campbell is a solid player. Isaiah Hodgins proved late last year that he could play. Jalen Hyatt's going to give them some speed. Look for them to, I, I wouldn't, every week this this is really holds true. They're going to try to hit some big plays with Jalen Hyatt. That's, so, that, that's not a, a surprise to anybody, right? It's not a secret. So this is the Giants' opportunity. Can their offensive line hold up? That is my biggest concern. The rookie quarterbacks, probably second on the list. We'll see. I think they can be helped. Winkle scheme around it a little bit. He's going to scheme up pressure. The Giants now have Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau healthy too, which they didn't have early last year. So that's huge for this team, right? That'll help maybe hide the deficiencies a little bit of having two rookie quarterbacks out there. Because the reality is, I mean, if you get Brandon Cooks or even Michael Gallup matched up against those guys one-on-one and Dak Prescott has time to throw the football, they're going to shred the Giants' defense. Now, Wink is not just going to let that happen. He's going to pressure. He's going to pressure for pressure from all, all over the place. And I found it interesting. He spoke this week, and he basically said, and um, this is summary of what he said in my words, that Isaiah Simmons, who they traded a seventh round, you know, the perfect guy for his defense, the perfect kind of athlete that he could use, move around the field. And so I think that's what we're going to see. But now, he did mention it's going to take time. He's only been with, they have to see what he could do. He's only been in the system a short amount of time. Takes me to my original assertion when I heard that he's going to be used in sub-packages as a pass rusher. That's what I come away thinking when I hear that. So we're going to see Isaiah Simmons likely all over the field, mostly as a pass rusher. You see him drop here or there, do other things. But they're going to try, and it seems like the Giants are going to try and keep it simple for Isaiah Simmons. Pretty new with the team, right? Hasn't he squeezed in a little bit of a preseason game, but that was just sort of like a, a, t- a tester. Let's let's see what he could do. We'll give him a few things. But now they've had a few more weeks to build upon that. You'll see more, but still, in my opinion, probably along those same lines. So I already told you, you have the two rookie cornerbacks out there. You're talking Trey Hawkins, Diahu, by the way, kudos to him. Completely earned his position this offseason. Completely earned it. And Deontay Banks, first-round pick, kind of knew he was going to be thrown right into the mix. Adoree Jackson looks like he's going to be the slot cornerback has been most of the summer and that makes sense especially in week one now I think that'll change at times when they play different teams with you know where their strength is outside receivers but now you're talking about the Cowboys their strength in the receiving position is CD Lamb he's their best receiver he's their number one receiver clearly so having a Dory Jackson in the slot where CD Lamb is most of the time makes sense your best on their best so I think that's what we're going to see here in the open Jason Pinnock could be the starting safety Next to Xavier McKinney, that's the way it's been all summer. See any reason that would change. Inside linebackers, you got Bobby Okereke. Obviously, the offseason acquisition from the Colts. And speed. That's another thing Wink said. I said, it makes you believe that this could be a top 10 defense. He said, the biggest difference in our defense this year, you'll see it, is the speed. Speed, speed, speed. You know, Pinnock brings speed. Okereke brings speed. Thibodeau brings speed. You know, they're hoping for an improved version of him in year two. Banks brings speed. So Simmons brings speed. Faster Giants defense. I think that's reasonable to, to he said to him when he says that, yeah, I totally believe that. This will be a faster, better Giants defense. Now, if those edge rushers, because we know Dexter Lawrence is a stud. We know Leonard Williams is a really, really good player. If Kayvon Thibodeau and or Aziz Ojolari turn into really good players or studs, 
either or? Because right now, there's still young guys who have some potential and a flash and haven't done anything consistently in this league. If either of them can get to that level, you're going to have a really good Giants defense because that front could be dominant. So a lot, in my opinion, depends on those two guys. On the offensive side of the ball, same thing. And Joe Shane said this. Their goal is to get faster, more explosive offensively and defensively. So look at the skill position players. And Paris Campbell's fast. Jalen Hyatt's the fastest guy on the field. Saquon's fast. Darren Waller's big and fast for his position. So now you have a much more dynamic offense that I think can hit big plays. The key on that side of the ball, I mentioned it before, can that offensive line hold up? Daniel Jones. We'll get to him in a few minutes. But this idea that he's so, and I've heard it recently on, on our air too, that he's so inferior to Dak Prescott. What? He played better than Dak Prescott last year. Flat out. Flat out. Played better than him. So to think that he's not even in the same category as Dak Prescott, has Dak Prescott proven more and done more in the league than Daniel Jones? Absolutely. Is he completely superior to Daniel Jones? Like Daniel Jones, in my opinion, is above average quality good quarterback. What's Dak? He's pretty much in the same category. Above average quality quarterback. Is Dak great? I think we've, we've learned that he isn't great. That he's not at that level. He hasn't been able to take his game to that level yet. So to think that Daniel Jones isn't even in the same category as Dak Prescott? Seems silly to me. I think, and we'll get to this in just a minute, because I'm going to go over some of the over-unders in the next segment, but that if Daniel Jones plays the same way as he did last year, people are going to think that he's that much better because the numbers are going to come along with it because the supporting cast is better around him. Remember, he was playing at times last year with an offensive line that was not very good. Think about it. Evan Neal is a rookie, one of the worst tackles in the NFL. That's how he graded out. An interior that wasn't very good at any of the three spots with weapons that were Daniel Bellinger at tight end, Richie James in the slot, and then David Sills and Marcus Johnson and Kenny Galladay playing on the outside. That's what he had for the first half of the season. Yes, Isaiah Hodgins came later and proved to be a nice find and at least a capable receiver. But think about that. That's what the Giants and Daniel Jones were working with. So if he just plays the same way he did last year, the numbers are going to come, and all of a sudden everyone's going to be like, he took his game to the next level, he's playing better. No, he already played really well last year and was a really good quarterback, a top-10 quarterback in the NFL last year. Anyone who wants to refute that, sit down and watch the tape. He was a top-10 quarterback in the NFL last year, hands down. And you know who wasn't, by the way? Dak Prescott. So how can you sit there with a straight face and tell me that Dak Prescott is so far superior to Daniel Jones. I think we're going to find out real quick that that's not necessarily the case. In my opinion, they're they're pretty close. They're in that same range. Good, above average, good quarterback. Neither are in the great category. Maybe they could take it there. Maybe they will. Maybe the better supporting cast around them will help them get there. But I think that's likely where these two quarterbacks are going to sit for most of their career. Above average, good, quality quarterback so week one huge matchup Giants Cowboys I'll have my pick later on in the show on to the next one Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. Here we're going to play a little over-under madness. I mean, we're going to go through all these lines, these Giants lines, and I'll give you opinions on whether I think they're going to go over and under. Uh, these lines these lines are courtesy of uh, Caesars Sports. Also, uh, betonline.ag. These are some of the lines. You can find most of these lines out there everywhere. Now, I find it interesting. Okay? This is according to Caesars. February 13th. Right around the Super Bowl. I think that's the day after the Super Bowl. The Giants were 40-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl at that point. 40-1, to 1, right? Coming off a good season. Talking February. Everybody's feeling good about the Giants. Fast forward real quick to September 7th, earlier this week. The Giants are now 75-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, right? That's almost double. Their, their odds to win the Super Bowl almost double. And I think what this is is Vegas doesn't really believe in the Giants, which in a broader sense is the general public not believing in the Giants. Like They've convinced themselves that last year was a fluke, that they weren't that good. Everything turned right. They won all their close games. All those things we heard, which, look, a lot of it is true. But the general public, just they haven't bought in on Daniel Jones. Gets tad a little more in a minute. That's for sure. That the general public just doesn't believe in this team. They really don't. The over-under for the Giants, and you could go find this number anywhere, is seven and a half. And I've brought this up before. That's the same number as last year, seven and a half. The Giants to win the NFC East are the third favorite, obviously. That's nothing new, nothing crazy. Um, the Eagles are the favorites. The Cowboys are the second favorites. And then the Giants are in the plus 900 range to win the division. The Commanders are plus 1,200. You know, they're the biggest underdog. The Giants are plus 900. So significant underdogs to win in the division. And the Cowboys, who we mentioned earlier, uh, and the Eagles are considered the class of the division. Now, so, look, do I think the Giants are winning the Super Bowl? No. Do I think they're winning the division? No. But, I mean, if you, they, there's some value there if everything goes right, if they stay healthy, like, that this team could make a run. Now, I think that's the thing is that they need a lot of things to go in their direction and they need to stay healthy. But, I mean, like their odds to win the NFC are 25 to 1. That's below the Bears. Like the Chicago Bears and the entire AFC, NFC North is ahead of the Giants. The Lions, who everyone's high on, the Packers, the Vikings, and the Bears. They're tied with the Bears. They're the 10th most likely team, according to the odds, at 25 to 1 to win the NFC. So again, not a lot of believers out there. So there's some value in some of those numbers. I don't 
think that's ultimately where this team is going. Uh, Daniel Jones at 50 to 1 to win the MVP. Saquon Barkley at 100 to 1. No, probably wouldn't go near any of those. Kayvon Thibodeau, Defensive Player of the Year at 50 to 1. Probably not going to do that. Daniel Jones, 100 to 1, Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Hyatt, 50 to 1. Probably not one I'd want to bet unless I knew that there were some injuries ahead of him because I just don't see the playing time. Now, here's one that's interesting. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Deontay Banks is 25 to 1. You know, again, not a great number, you know, not super low. But he's one that I think could have a really good rookie year. Now, he's probably more likely to struggle, but on a good team, on a good defense. Like, if Deontay Banks plays really well, that wouldn't surprise me. Brian Dayball at 50-1 to to win Coach of the Year, like near the bottom of the list. Now, I think that has in part, in part, due to the fact that last year he won it. So in order to win it again, like, they already surprised people. They would have to, you know, win probably... 12, 13, 14 games. So I don't love the value in that either. Now, let's go to Daniel Jones for a second. Okay. Total passing yards, 3,350 touchdowns, 18 and a half. Now, the 18 and a half touchdown, I love. If Daniel Jones stays healthy, he's going to throw more than 18 and a half touchdowns. Like, book it. Like, that to me is a very juicy line. Like, I like that. Right. That is, and the 3,300 yards too, 3,350. He threw for 3,200 last year. So, again, if Daniel Jones stays healthy, I'm a big fan of the Daniel Jones over. 18-and-a-half touchdown passes will not be a problem. He will be more in the mid-20 range if he stays healthy and plays 17 games. And easy, my opinion. Mid-20s. His touchdown rate last year was not indicative of how he played. It was indicative, in a way, of the weapons that the Giants had and the fact that they end up running in a lot of touchdowns. They were, I, I believe, top three in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. You know, sometimes it's, it's a little bit of luck. You get The guy gets tackled at the one, and you run the ball in from the one-yard line. Like, the Giants ran the ball in a lot. They used Daniel Jones' like legs, which is why uh, Daniel Jones' where was his rushing touchdowns here? Oh, five rushing touchdowns. I would actually take the under on Jones' rushing touchdowns, but the over on his passing touchdowns. And then the interceptions, they have him at eight and a half. He threw five last year. Five's a crazy number. If Daniel Jones is healthy, I'd probably take the over. Like I could see 25 and 10 is still pretty good. Like that's, if I think, if he plays a full season, I think that's the range of what he's going to be in. 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You take the more turnovers. Like, first of all, five is just so low. That it's how many quarterbacks actually are in that range. Like, so few quarterbacks. Like, Aaron Rod- like, Aaron Rodgers does it, yeah. And he did it throughout his career. But there aren't many guys that could do under, you know, eight interceptions a year. So the likelihood is Daniel Jones will regress in that category. He'll go up in the yards. He'll go up in the touchdowns. He'll go up in the explosive plays. But he'll regress a little bit in the interceptions. Because if you're going to throw the ball down the field, naturally you're going to throw more interceptions. So that's where I stand on the Daniel Jones over-unders. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, 45 and a half receptions. Doesn't stand out to me one way or the other. Four receiving touchdowns. I'd probably go under. Four and a half receiving touchdowns for Darren Waller. I'd like the over of that. I think he could hit that even if he doesn't play. If if Darren Waller plays like 14 of the 17 games, I think he goes over four and a half touchdowns. So I like that line for Darren Waller. I think that the, 
the general public and Vegas are low on the Giants' passing numbers. I mean, rushing to Saquon's an easy one, 1,050 and a half yards for rushing yards. I mean, that's an easy over, smash over, as long as he stays healthy. But, of course, that's the risk in that bet. So that's that's really the way it is with most running backs. But, yeah, if Saquon Barkley could play, stay healthy for 14, 15, 16 games, he's going to have over 1,000 yards rushing. That's an easy slam dunk. Problem is, are you, you're betting on Saquon Barkley staying healthy. You're betting on a running back. How about the broader level? You're betting on a running back staying healthy, which is not easy. And then the last one here is Kayvon Thibodeau, six and a half sacks. Uh, yeah, uh, again, probably if he stays healthy, he, he'll get over that. I'm not in the Kayvon is going to be a 12 to 14 sack guy, but I think an eight sack season is easily within the range of Kayvon Thibodeau. So six and a half sacks I do think is a pretty low number for him. Uh, he had four last year, but he did miss some time. And when he did come back from that knee injury that he suffered in the preseason, he clearly was not at 100%. So he really didn't start playing probably until, what, week five, six, before you started getting Kayvon Thibodeau. So he got like 10 or 11 games of Kayvon Thibodeau, and he got four sacks as a rookie. If you get 14, 15 games from Kayvon Thibodeau, I think you could top six and a half sacks. I think that's that's a reasonable number. Now, the Jets are listed right below this because of the, the list that I'm going by, and it all goes, you know, it's alphabetically. So New York Giants, New York Jets, always back-to-back. And I talked about this. I have a story running this week about how the Jets are just the hot team. I mean, they're 16-1 to to win the Super Bowl. The Giants are 75-1, to by the way. The Jets play in a super hard, much harder conference. Now, I agree that the Jets are a more talented team, but they're just the hot team right now. How about this? A ticket to the Jets opener on Monday night. Right behind the bench, I believe it's row 13. One, I mean, sorry, section 113. I looked up row 11. It was $4,500 a ticket, $9,000 for a pair. The Giants game, also a night game. Same section, same row, really a few seats over. Those same seats that you're getting 9000 for a pair on Ticketmaster right now. Ticketmaster, by the way, the official licensed, uh, you know, resale, verified reseller of NFL tickets. Same ticket, same section right behind the home bench, 11 rows up, so same row. Night game against the Dallas Cowboys, prime time, little under $4,000. So you're talking about more than double the price for the jet ticket. That's how hot the Jets are and how much of the attention they're taking of this city right now. Like, all eyes are on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, and I get it. I mean, I'm totally intrigued by anything Aaron Rodgers does as well. I'm completely intrigued by this Jets team. But in a way, the Giants are flying under the radar. And as Leonard Williams told me, that's the way we like it. And as Xavier McKinney said, you know, we're still the big brothers. We're we, you know, basically we, um, surmising again, paraphrasing. You know, we own the, we still own this city. We're the Giants. We're the ones with the history, the legacy. And I believe that's right. The Giants are the big brothers. They are the big brothers of the city. The Jets have not been very good traditionally. They do not have four Super Bowls in the last uh, 30 years. They have one, and it dates back to 1969. They've generally been a bad team for most of their history, really. 12 straight years, 12 straight seasons, they have not made the playoffs. But yet all the hype's on the Jets this year, and it allows the Giants to fly under the radar a little bit. And I think that's good for them. Like, the, uh, like 
the whole Saquon thing. There was a day, there was a time in training camp where Brian Dable did not answer a Saquon Barkley question for nine days. Nine days about his star running back who had just showed up for camp. This was early in camp. Who had a contract squabble with the team, who was not happy with the way that it all panned out. Now he did show up, made it a nice calm camp. They didn't have any drama, but allowed the Giants to just fly under that radar. Heading into week one, under that radar. Just the way we like it, as Leonard Williams said. And here we are now in week one, both teams playing prime time. A great time for the local New York, New Jersey area. It's going to be an absolutely incredible weekend of football. On to the next one. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, we're going to close here with a prediction for Sunday night's game, Giants-Cowboys, and a quick Jordan on the beat. I'm going to go out on the ledge here, right? Giants, three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Dallas Cowboys at home, Sunday night football, in their home opener. Underdogs, three and a half points. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to take away that line. I don't even want it. I don't even want it. I'm taking the Giants in this one outright. 27-26 over the Cowboys, right? And now here's why. I just think this team is in good shape. They're in good enough shape where they could do stuff offensively, right? They're not going to be the giant team that's just so overwhelmed uh, talent-wise that they can't even function offensively anymore. I think those days are over. They're good enough scheming-wise. Talking about Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator and Brian Dable to be able to scheme around some of their deficiencies, right? Evan Neal's going to get a ton of help. Now, is the offensive line going to struggle? Is Daniel Jones going to be under pressure? Yes. But is it enough where they're just, like in the past, where it just turns into a total disaster? They can't move the ball. Jones is getting hit on every play. Eventually, it's going to lead to turnovers. No. I think we're past that point with this team. They are more talented now to the point where we are not going to be very often in a spot where the Giants are just, oh, my God, they have no chance to move the ball against the team. Like, that, that's what we said for years. Like, oh, baby. Like, this is, just, this is going to be ugly. Jones is going to get his teeth kicked in. Eventually, he's going to turn the ball over where they have to start throwing it. With the second they get into uh, they have to throw mode, it's over. Like, no, I think we're, we're past that point. Now, if they have a bunch of injuries, maybe we, that we'll be back there. But at this point, I think the Giants are better than that. And I think they can hang with this Cowboys team. This isn't – this is a good, really good Cowboys team and a good roster. And I think Brandon Cooks is a huge pickup for them. Stephon Gilmore is a huge pickup for them. This is a good Cowboys team. And they're going to be a really good team this year. But that doesn't mean that the Giants can't hang with them. So I do see the Giants hanging with them. I do see their defense, Wink Martindale's crew, getting to pressure Dak Prescott to the point where he's going to make some mistakes. Right? That's the thing with Dak recently. He made mistakes last year. 
What do you think Wink Martindale's trying to dial up? Pressure breaks pipes. That's his saying. Pressure breaks pipes. This isn't the Cowboys offensive line of four or five years ago that's just completely dominant where Tyron Smith, I mean, you talk to people in the Giants locker room, they say that their line's really good. But they're, they're, they'll admit Tyron Smith's not the same player that he was five years ago. You know, Zach Martin's still awesome. But there's they don't have that all-pro center that they had with Travis Frederick back in the day. Like this, this, this line is not at that level. They're good, but they're not great. So Wink's going to bring pressure from all over the place, show some new things, uses new toys, and that speed. And they're going to force a, a Dak Prescott mistake or two. I really do believe that. And in the end, the home field advantage, I'm, I keep harping on this because to me, like you, you have an advantage playing in your home opener. You have an advantage playing at home. You have an advantage playing in primetime games at home. So these are all advantages that the Giants have. It's stacked in their favor for them to actually, like, like yes, in Dallas later in the year. If this game was in Dallas, I wouldn't, I would not like the Giants in this game. I would not be picking the Giants in this game, not even close. I'd be picking them losing by a, a touchdown or more. But it's at home. At home, right? You're supposed to have a home field advantage. And I think last year the Giants, when they when they were good, there was a home field advantage. There was a distinct home field advantage. The crowd does make a difference in the NFL. It gets you a little extra hype. It's a little harder to play offensively. You have to call a silent, you know, going to silent camp. Like these things matter in the NFL. So Giants 27, Cowboys 6. Now I'm going to tell you a little Jordan on the beat. This is kind of going to devalue my pick a little bit because I haven't been very good. I was thinking about it. I haven't been very good about these week one picks. I picked the Titans last year, I believe. I remember it was a couple years back. The Giants were playing in a primetime game at home against the Steelers. I'm like, you know what? If this team's going to play well, they'll do it in a primetime opener. And they basically had no chance to win against the Steelers. Uh, I believe Jones actually threw an awful red zone interception in that game. Uh, but he was under ridiculous pressure the whole game, and they just could not handle the Steelers' pass. Wasn't a great Steelers team. Eventually, a bunch of guys got injured, but that, that Steelers' defense was still pretty good at the time, and they dominated that game. It was uh, actually Bud Dupree was there. He was on the last year of his deal. He actually absolutely just torched the Giants in that game. And I believe, if I remember right, T.J. Watt was just just came back and had signed a new deal, almost like Nick Bosa at this point. But anyway, haven't fared very well. With the week one picks, and I the last time, I thought that the home field and the primetime game would matter for the Giants. The Steelers did not turn out that way. I think uh, for fun, I was like, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to pick an upset. Everybody was picking the Giants to lose the game. If I'm going to pick the upset, I might as well just go all in on it. So I think I, I like wanted to I like wanted to pick like 41 nothing or something. And I think I might have even just given the Steelers three points just so I didn't pick a shutout. But just to make a mockery of it, I did that now. Predictions, the hardest week to pick is always week one. Because you don't really know what teams are. You haven't seen these teams play a full game. The new versions of these teams, and I know I sit there all summer and I watch practice, and you can have a vision, but you don't really know it until you see it with your own eyes over 60 minutes on the field. And for the first time this season, we're going to see it on Sunday night, what this Giants team can be. And it's exciting because the, the, the unknown is what makes it exciting. They could be a much better version than they were last year. They could be a worse version than they were last year. 
we could find out that all that was an aberration. They really weren't that good. They just slapped it together. Everything worked in their favor. And you know what? Maybe the general public is right. They're not that good. But we get to go out there, we as fans and media, get to go out there on Sunday night, either at the stadium or sitting in your living room, wherever you are, at a bar, and we get to see what this team actually is. And that's exciting because we love football. That's why you're listening to this podcast. That's why I'm doing this podcast and I have the job that I have because I love watching football. And on Sunday night, the Giants are back to playing real football. So enjoy. We'll be back early next week. We'll talk about what happened, what went down, what went right, what went wrong, and what's next. In the meantime, like, subscribe, tell your friends, give this podcast a review. Come on, give me the, give me all the feedback you want. Throw it my way. I can take it. I'm a big boy. And enjoy the start of the 2023, I almost said 2022, of the 2023 NFL season. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. I'm Jordan Ronan. See you next time.